Good morning, everyone. It is the 12th of July. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Alex Byrne and Pellas Trataki. It was quite a week in financial markets with a growing sense of a step change in sentiment. The minutes of the US Fed's June meeting highlighted elevated uncertainty around the economic outlook, perhaps explaining some of the strong moves we saw in the US Treasury markets, Pella. Indeed, we had a big move in yields last week. The 10-year Treasury note yield dropped to as low as 1.25% in intraday trading on Thursday, before retracing some of that move. It closed the week at 1.36%, which is still higher than where we were at the start of the year. But that meaningful move higher we saw in Q1 started going the other way in Q2, and now the negative moving yields has indeed accelerated in July. So is this newfound interest in government bonds, because clearly yields fall when prices are rising, is this a sign of risk aversion, do you think, or perhaps a rising conviction that the rate of growth has now peaked? We don't really see signs of risk aversion as such. Equities are broadly up. The prices of risky bonds are up. The spread on US high yield, for example, has never been lower and if anything keeps falling. The growth deceleration story has more plausibility to it. It's not just the absolute level of growth, but also the rate of change that matters to investors. And there is an expectation that growth rates have now peaked as we go into the second half of the year. It could be worth noting that the rise of the Delta variant in Europe may also be causing jitters in terms of more negative growth effects possibly coming in. And there are technical factors to consider as well. Demand from pension funds has been cited in some analysis as driving the bond rally, along with some unwinding potentially of previously bearish rates positions, all in the context of reduced liquidity as we're heading into the holiday season. So there's quite a few factors here at play. Yes, so it seems. Now, if we switch to the equity markets, Alex, these falling government bond yields have allowed highly valued growth stocks to step back into the limelight. Morning, Lorna. It's since the start of May, really, we've seen value somewhat stagnate and growth has rebounded sharply by about 15%, depending on which area of the market, which index you look at. If you look at it on a sector basis, you don't really get a huge amount of clues as to where it's coming from. So if you look at financials, they're still up 25% year to date and parts of energy are up 40 plus percent on a year to date basis. So it seems to be very intrasector and part of it may well be tied to this falling rate that we've had. And part of that can be explained by the same thing that we saw at the start of the year where rates increased. And what that does is it, it increases the discount rate that affects growth. So the growth named the, those names that have a, a long duration um, where their earnings are much more spread out, they become much more uncertain and they need, they need high levels of growth to sustain that. The opposite has happened now. So where we've got falling rates, those growth numbers don't really seem that high anymore. The valuations don't seem as high. So they become much more valuable. And given the huge rise that we've seen in in value over the last uh, six to 12 months, it may well have been a fairly opportune time for people to to sell out of that. So this feels like a genuine change in dynamic for the markets. It potentially is, but it's dependent on a few different factors. And uh, again, it really depends on what rates do and how transitory things like inflation are. So if inflation has in fact peaked and comes down, which it potentially may have done in some areas, then it provides a much stronger reason to be more into growth and into value. If we look at the revisions in the earnings that we've had, the revisions have slowed at a headline level, but they're still increasing and very high, especially in the cyclical areas, in things like financials. Some of it also could just be technical selling after a strong run in value, people seeing it as an opportune time to get out. Part of it, though, with those earnings being fairly high, especially in things like financials, 
Um, so if you look at the, the earnings growth that we've got on this quarter's growth, around a third of it is coming purely from financials. And there's very, very high expectations in those particular areas. So that increases the level of growth you've got with those those releases. So if we disappoint, we could disappoint to a much higher level. So it may have been, again, an opportune time for investors to seek shelter elsewhere in those more growth names that have underperformed or in those more defensive names that have got that lower valuation at the moment, just given that recovery story. If rates stay at this level then the story as i say could continue but with the potential for them to rebound slightly or, or find a more mediocre level then there could be some rebalance and these these two themes of growth and value equal themselves out and just become potentially a bit more volatile but rotate around that same kind of range yes and if we look at the week ahead then it is the start of the q2 reporting season in the us that we could see some pretty spectacular recovery earnings still we could do and again and part of that is in the recovery if you think about where we were this time last year and, and also just where we've come from the start of the year again a lot of those high earnings as i mentioned are in those very cyclical areas so we've got very very high expectations of things like financials and in parts of energy some of the more cyclical parts of industrials so there is quite a risk that some of these numbers disappoint but given how how much these revisions have changed on a on a kind of year-to-day basis there's also potential for massive outperformance of these as well, but the risk potentially is towards the downside, but we'll get some clues as to those financial numbers at least coming in this week. Staying with the US and switching to the macro front, could we take a look at a forecast for CPI inflation, please, Pella? Yes, headline US CPI for June is expected to come in at 4.7% after a reading of 5% in May. This would mark a deceleration, as Alex was just saying, and that would be consistent with the narrative of inflationary pressures being only transitory. The figure will be released in the US tomorrow, so let's see how that goes. And then if we just finish up with China, we have second quarter GDP data. Could this figure also build on the story of a loss of momentum, Alex? Potentially, we've got forecasts in there as high as 8%, which again are fairly high and um, obviously China is very affected by the global recovery story. GDP growth potential for 2021 as high as 8.5%. But at the moment, there's a couple of sectors that are really driving the majority of that growth and that earnings growth, namely energy and industrials. So there's not a huge amount that would be needed to upset the party. And we have been given some indication that there's uncertainty around it by some of the things that managing party there and the central bank there have done. So they've recently loosened the, the triple R rate over the weekend. Part of that is because there seems to be a sense that uh, regulations are increasing and will increase. Often the party does this in the expectations that things are about to get worse, so they kind of prepare the ground almost for more tight environments. But the you know the US tensions haven't really gone away. They still remain at a heightened level. Uh, there seems to be this infighting between the the party and, and tech, and uh, also between different listing venues. So there's there's fairly there's a fairly high amount of uncertainty with China and Chinese names globally now at the moment, which which does give that uncertainty with that Q2 growth figure. If we look at some of the underlying surveys as well, we've had PMIs in the last week or so dropping from 55 to 50, which is a fairly significant change in expectation. And also with inflation, we may have reached peak there. So there's there's a number of different variables going on at the moment, but it seems as though regulation or the environment is tightening somewhat. So they're trying to rebalance that on the other side with a slightly looser monetary policy. An interesting time indeed. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you, Lorna.